G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League podcast for season 2022. We're the AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. Uh, my name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host... Dossie, not K's this week. Almost said K's actually. Uh, <laughs> in a bit of a in a bit of a groove, but uh, yeah, I'm joined by my new co-host Doss. Uh, welcome to the show, mate. Uh, you're no stranger uh, for our listeners. Uh, you've been around uh, for a while. Been, now. been around here and there. Yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, it's first official show. This is the debut. On. This is it the long-anticipated debut. You've put a lot of social media out there trying to pump me up <laughs> as the host. Hopefully, I can live up to it, um, obviously, without the great man Kays here with us for this first show. So, yeah, Kays is definitely still a part of this show. Um, he's just out of action for a couple of weeks, um, probably the first two podcasts, but he'll be back soon. So, he's stuck with uh, Dossie and I first up. So, unfortunately for everyone else, then you're missing out on the Oracle's words of wisdom. But, uh, look, he'll be back in a couple of weeks and, uh, yeah, look, he'll be, you know, spilling out. And he's, been, and he's given you his notes for today as well. So we'll be able to, you know, give the words of wisdom vicariously through Hef and I. Correct. And see how we go. Correct. So uh, yeah, hopefully we can do them justice and uh, yeah, make them sound good. Uh, for those uh, watching at home, we are live streaming. I'm having a few issues with the uh, chat, but looks so I'll try to get that working out through the uh, so first through episode, the podcast. Mate, if right. not, I'll get just uh, get rid of it. So yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah, but Dusty, what have you been up to this preseason or off season, really? Oh, look, I've been having a little bit of a break, obviously, after the fantasy season finished, but um, now ramping right back into it. And um, just from myself, went away for a little bit and yep. had a bit of a break, you know, just just usual stuff, really, but really back into the fantasy research now and uh, getting well and truly underway. Well, that's good to hear. Actually, the, the issue with the chat was no one was actually talking to us. So oh, that's it's, fair it's actually yeah, working. Was, yeah, it's definitely working. <laughs> what about yourself, mate? You get up to anything exciting? I was pretty boring myself. That's why I don't have much to talk about. No, nah, I was actually, I was, yeah, chucked into isolation over Christmas, that's which right. sucked. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my, my son's uh, third Christmas and he was pretty bloody excited about it. Got no thrown good. into tatters, so I was a bit sad. Um, but we had a good day at home. I think he actually enjoyed it in the end, just staying home, playing with his toys, not being carted halfway across the uh, countryside uh, <laughs> yeah. in the end. So I think it was fine with that. But since then, I've just been, yeah, dodging Corona, basically. Just yeah, trying to not trying. catch it. <laughs> and, uh, all trying our best. I can't do with that, deal with that 14-day uh, isolation. So, yeah, no indoor venues for me and just, yeah, lying low, basically. And what about the fantasy stuff, mate? You're well and truly cracking on with that now, aren't you? It took me ages to get back into it, like to find the motivation to actually get started again. But, uh, yeah, once I think once the draft hit and things like that, and then, mm. you know, we started doing a few different things and starting getting rankings sorted and things like that, I've definitely caught the itch I'm uh, pumping out articles at the moment the brain starts season, churning so. and you can't stop when you get started you can't stop exactly I'm loving it at the moment so I've caught the bug again so I'm back into it anyway uh, speaking of bugs this thing will stop your stomach bugs if you ever have one and that's your Remedy Kombucha so uh, thank you to Remedy Kombucha for the drinks tonight uh, I'm going with the uh, raspberry lemonade tonight and I think Dossie is as well I'm so. also going that's the one you gave me so yes. that's, the one I'll, that's the one I'll drink the, uh, the, my beloved butch you don't really uh, you don't really have a choice but uh, yeah, anyway, uh, we'll crack those now and uh, oh, okay. isn't that delicious, delicious sound. There we go. All right, cool. Do you have anything you want to say before we get started there, Dustin? Yeah, mate. Well, I think today I was, you know, I must have been first preseason training back for a lot of teams. I think a few had theirs like last week and stuff, but yep. today was the day where we saw a lot of photos coming out of the of the first trainings. Really exciting stuff. This is when we check out how big some the players' pipes are, what, what sort of things they're rocking. And, you know, we saw Nat Fife's oh, yeah. moustache which, uh, and goatee, which was- uh, With the visor as well. Very questionable uh, decision. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's no one else that's worked harder in this uh, off-season 
There was no pipes more impressive. You know, I was looking at Paddy Dow, Patrick Lipinski. Their pipes were pretty big. But in, in Studio Hef here, there's one man with some monumental pipes. He's got some Scotty, Scotty Thompson-like uh, pythons there, mate. What's going on there? Oh, Scotty Thompson might be a bit of an exaggeration. But uh, I think, um, what was that? It was about August. It was August 12th. It was actually my birthday in 2020. I jumped on the scales and I was 104 kilos. Yeah, and now last time I jumped on the scales, I was 77 kilos. Jesus. So, so yeah, stripped a bit of weight off. I've uh, been hitting the gym. Working I can on the, see that, on the gun I, show. I can see that. So, 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 check out Hef's Instagram. There's a few shirtless pics there, mate. mate a few more are, than Isaac Haney these they days. Are wholesome family photos with me and my son on the beach. Thank you very <laughs> much. Stop perving there, mate. <laughs> but anyway, all right, uh, we'll get stuck into the podcast. So, um, yeah, tonight we're going to be looking at Adelaide, Brisbane and Carlton. So, hopefully we can find some Keeper League gems from those teams. Um, so, yeah, we'll get stuck straight into it. And and here we go. All right, so the first team we're looking at tonight is obviously the Adelaide Crows. Um, yeah, like we said earlier, I think uh, Kays has supplied us with his notes for the Crows. So basically this year, uh, I think last year when it was just me and Kays, Kays and I, we just did uh, uh, three players each from each team. Now this year we're going to separate into our do our own notes for a team each essentially so Kays was in charge of Adelaide and he's left us with his notes um, here so we'll get stuck into it and the first player he wanted to talk about was Wayne Miller so Miller has only played two games in two years um, he averaged 75 in 2018 and 77 in 2019 um, but he's notched up four career tons uh, in those years as well but as it stands we definitely haven't seen the best of Wayne Miller wouldn't you agree Dossie? Oh absolutely I think all of us were pretty excited wasn't it just last year when yeah. he was getting ready for preseason, yep. had the injury in preseason, when all the talk was he's back and he's raring to go, even in a role change, looking at playing some midfield time and that sort of thing. We were all very excited about that. So he's always kind of been on our radar and just never quite, I mean, you know, 70, 75 and 77 fieldable in your, in your teams, but never gone to that uber level that I think a lot of people thought maybe in his junior years. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, we're looking at him in 2022. So this could be his year, um, providing he stays fit, I guess. But yeah, Kaze is um, Kaze thinks he's likely to play on either one of the flanks, half back or half forward. Um, and he reckons he could average 70 or 80 doing so, um, being conservative, coming back from injury. Um, he reckons owners are going to want to keep him um, and there's plenty of upside to him, but the injuries put him off. Would you agree with those sentiments? I think, yeah, it's pretty spot on. I don't know about, you know, probably got not a great hold on what average he's going to um, be putting up this year. I think you can have a, probably a higher scope if he does get any midfield clock. But I, I yeah. agree with Kays in that, you know, I'd probably expect not a heap from his first year coming back, seeing as it's such a, you know, decent time off, especially only playing a couple of games in two years. So, wouldn't expect too much, but definitely looking at keeping him and... Um, if he's fit, he's a pretty exciting prospect with that defensive tag next to his name. And what about you, though? Like, you've got Jordan Dawson coming in to take yeah. a role. Like, there's a few guys vying for spots there. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Where do you see him playing, forward or back? Oh, I mean, probably back or mid. Like, they definitely like playing him in the mid. They've said that for a couple of years in a row that they want to get him in there. Just depends how he's looking. And, and he was one of these players we saw today with the preseason shot coming out, fit and firing in, in you know, training at this time of year. That's a good sign for someone that we want to see fit, you know, round one. Yeah. Two or three years ago, I thought he looked better 
for the Crows up forward, but they're so mm. depleted everywhere. Like, I don't think he was like actually going to be a better player for them. I think they just liked using him up forward because it's probably more dangerous there for him. But then, like, they're so depleted everywhere. I just don't know where he's actually going to play. I reckon probably on a halfback flank this I season. I just think the yeah. ball use, like the ball use from yeah. him, is where you, you can't. I, I don't personally. I always think that those players flourish way better just behind the ball or like they're trying to be putting him sort of in the midfield eventually. So I think defender or mid, I wouldn't think forward but yeah. I, I no no I, I, yeah neither one but I think probably half back flank is probably the way he's going to start just given their the, the oracle's probably spot on here yeah. let's be honest okay that's, that's we, shouldn't, we shouldn't really doubt him um, <laughs> speaking of well yeah the next one we might have to doubt him though he's going with a flyer real early <laughs> so this is classic oracle right here but uh, the next one he's talking about is James Borlase now I don't reckon I could pick James Borlase out of a lineup to be honest no nah, when he so, mentioned his name I was like yeah it's, it's a deep cut it's, <laughs> it's a nice one though. jump straight to it but that's fine but yeah uh, so that's his flyer pick and I'll give you the reasoning so he didn't debut last year I don't think um, but played 17 games in the Sandful and averaged six so 60 in the sandfall and he's a flyer pick. Um, but yeah, look, he had a good end to the season. That's what Kay's liked about him. So he went with scores. I like the way he's tried to word this. He's tried to word this. He featured, he ended the season well featuring scores of 80, 114 and 116. Now I thought like <laughs> that's a pretty good last three games. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's across his final <laughs> five games. He cherry picked the good scores out of it. So that's across his final five games. There was a few lower ones in the final five, five games as well. Um, but apparently had a scoring bump at the end of the season due to taking over the duties in the Crows um, because Kieran Storm, Strawn was promoted to AFL ah, side. Okay. He was the uh, number one ruck. So they used him as the kind of, I guess, the third ruckman in their side. Um, then, like, in those big games where he scored big points, he just showed what he could do around the ground. So he was picking up touches um, and had some some good hit-out numbers. I think he had 23 hit-outs in both of those games as well. But also what was interesting, he was named uh, runner-up in the reserves, best and fairest as well. So... Yeah, like he's not likely going to be used as number one rucker, don't think. But I guess it kind of shows his flexibility. But I still think like if you look at the... Like Kays obviously thinks he's going to be a chop-out ruck. Like, you know, he could come in as a centre-off yeah. back, be chop-out ruck. But you think Phil Thorpe yeah, that's jump right. into that. <laughs> the role that's right. Yeah, they've well, got so. a couple of blokes up there like yeah. uh, Himmelberg or Frampton. Um, yeah. Both still at the club. So, yeah. I, I don't know. That might just be to give him a bit of exposure at the second tier. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've still got um, O'Brien there who's going to be the number one ruck for years to come, you'd imagine. And, and Strawny looked... I don't know if Kay's going to talk about Strawny. Yeah. He looked bloody all right too when I he think, came. So I don't think he's going to get... Yeah, I think Kay's more so saying that he might find his way into the side as a key defender and yeah. then pick up a few extra points as a ruckman. But I just don't see him doing that at the AFL level. Like he was, I reckon he's purely just rucking the twos because there was no one else. And Look, he is the oracle. I'm, yeah. I'd probably be going against this one yep. um, <laughs> in your keeper leagues. But hey, you know, he, he's got a track record now. The old, He's got a nickname for a reason. Yeah, it took him three years. He started getting a few right. But anyway, um, Jackson Hayes. Lately is the next one. So he's a mid only this year, which is, uh, I guess it's not that surprising, but a bit disappointing for owners. But it's shaping up as a huge year for Jackson Haley. Um, he was a number 14 pick in the 2018 draft and showed some promise um, in his time with the Giants, but failed to make his presence shown uh, at the Crows. So, um, yeah, apparently had groin issues all last year. So I think they, they kind of kept that pretty quiet. Only came out like mid year or, you know, there was whispers all the time, but um, it wasn't real common knowledge. But he apparently was injured um, in the groin all yep. last year. So he he only played the three games featuring in rounds uh, six, seven, and then 16. I think he got 
injured in round 16 as well. Yeah, right. So one of those is injury affected. Yeah, there we go. 75 in his first game, 54 in the second game. Didn't play again until round 16, was injured for a score of 28 in there. So when you look at his sample numbers though, he was averaging 23 touches a game there and had 102 uh, AFL fantasy point average um, from his 10 games in the sample. Um, he had four tons in there, which included scores of 140, 136 and 132 points. Look, He's a player that has, I guess he's having these injury concerns, but we've got to remember that Darren Burgess has come in to yeah. the Crows as well. He's a bit of a fitness guru when it comes to getting players like this over the line. So he could see some upside there. But um, look, as a mid only, I don't know, he's going to make a hard case to keep him and he's probably going to slide in a few drafts, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would think. Are you still high on him? Because I, I actually am. I, I still really love Jackson Haley as a player and I think he kind of just is one of these guys where it's like, are they ever going to get the opportunity? If they do, I think he'll flourish. Like when he played in round six, I was just looking. I, I do love my center bounce attendance. I know you do. Um, on your, your side, I've been using him for outside, years. Outside, yeah, outside, outside sorry. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> in round six, that's when he actually got center bounce attendances. So 56% center bounce attendances was his highest for the year. The other games, he didn't get a chance at AFL level, essentially. Yeah. 56%. He, he went at 75 points in 65% time on ground. That point per minute still shows promise to me that he could score at AFL level if he gets a chance. Six tackles, 17 touches in, you know, just over half a game. Yeah. I still have huge hopes for him, but it's such a risk knowing, you know, Matt Crouch is coming back potentially this year. If, you know, if that comes to fruition, you've got other guys vying for the midfield. Could it be another Braden Sire, Charlie Constable, even though I hope Constable gets good, but, you know, <laughs> could he, is he one of these guys for his career? I really hope not because if he isn't, I think he can be a really good scorer. Yeah, I think if we, I think we just, because we see what, we saw what he could do at GWS. He looked like he was on the verge. Yeah. I think if we know that in the background there was some injury niggles, we have yeah. to give him another chance, I think. So, no, I'm not writing him off just No, I'm willing yeah. to give him a, a I'm not, three more chances. <laughs> I'm not high, 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 but I'm not off, you know what I mean? So, I'm pretty yeah. high if he gets the role. Like, I'll be watching him pretty closely this yeah. preseason. Yeah, okay. I just, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. He's one, just, he's one of those players, we're going to say this probably for a lot, but add him to your watch list, see what's happening in the, pre- in the preseason and then make your assessment from there. Um, oh God, we have to talk about Harry Schoenberg. So uh, it comes as no surprise, I think, that Kays has included Harry Schoenberg in this and he's on the hot list, he reckons, as well. So um, average 69.4. He's on Kays' hot list. Yes, he's, he's written this down. Yeah, I don't know why. Just make sure we mention that he's on the hot list. But anyway, um, is that a TV show? I mean, it sounds like a quiz show or something like that that anyway um average 69.4 last season um but the big thing is he averaged 83.8 from his last five games uh, he scored 108 in his final game uh, that was against north melbourne um from only 65 percent time on ground at that, yeah. <laughs> hey that you was just, you just north melbourne i think he's only two good scores came against north melbourne did it no nah, i was kidding i think he had two really good scores against north melbourne last you year still, you still have to be a pretty good player to turn up mate come on <laughs> i guess yeah every now and then um but yeah coming into his third year this year um so it's obviously breakout season uh there are some promising um junior midfielders i guess but none that are going to take uh schoenberg's spot in the midfield by the looks so um yeah I guess there's that injury cloud over Matt Crouch's head. Rory Sloan's getting a bit old. There should be some opportunities there for him. Now, Casey's got him averaging 85 to 90. What do you reckon? On the money, higher, lower? Look, I, I think there's that spot for that extra midfielder in there. They've got, you know, the, it, I guess a lot just hinges on the health of their midfield because it's been one that hasn't been healthy in the past few years. If Matt Crouch comes back, say, I yeah. see this being pretty 
you know, that's pretty high on, on the scope of what he can average. But well, apparently Crouch, is Crouch even training yet though? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think, think a lot hinges on that. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I'm on the side of uh, K's on this one. I think Harry Schoenberg's up for a big year. Like, I've, I've actually been, even though I sort of banter with K's a bit about this, yeah. Harry Schoenberg's one that I, I'm fully on board with him on this, like low time on ground, pretty good points per minute when he plays centre bounce attendances when he gets that midfield clock yeah, yeah. he's a good scorer per minute I and if he just if he just raises up that time on ground and gets the centre bounces he, he can score I don't think he's a bad player and my only concern is from a fantasy point of view so how big of a fantasy score is he going to be is he going to be that 100 plus average in the future that we're, we're talking him up to be that's one of my first concerns and with the time on ground stuff like is he just a low time like a lot of these bigger body midfielders are just low time on ground players is he going to boost it much higher than that and then, yeah, the other thing is just, is he going to be that 100 plus average? Like, if he's going to be an 80, 90 kind of average each year, whoop de doo. Like, he's just another, you know. Yeah, it's his third year, mate. I think he could be a 100 plus guy. It's his down third the line. year, I know. But in his second year, he only averaged 69 points. So it's in like, as a 70% time on ground. I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> that's like, like you build your fitness up over the preseason. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, I know. You that, get stronger. You that's play more this time. is my question. So you think he's going to boost that time on ground? Yeah, number. he's 20 years old. Okay, yeah. But there's like, look at someone like Ollie Wines who went like most of his career up until basically last year. I know he's a big fantasy scorer now, but it took him- <laughs> what are you on? What's your argument? It took him like nine years to get there, <laughs> to get to be an actual primo midfielder. He's like, like this guy is one of the bigger breakout candidates this year, Harry Schoenberg. And it is all role dependent for me. Okay. I just don't like the bigger body types as like fantasy guns. Like, yes, they'll be handy, but I just don't think they're going to be up there. What do you like- class as bigger body though? Because he's 182 centimetres. Oh, it's not really- He looks thick. His head's huge. I think, yeah, but that's, I think that's puppy fat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He just looks thick. That's what I mean. Like, I, I didn't want to say fat players, but- Puppy fat. Puppy fat. <laughs> puppy fat. <laughs> I guess like, you, you, look at, you look at Clayton Oliver is probably the exception to the rule, but- Well, that's how, that's how I kind of like- saw him early days yeah. in, in terms of his development. But yeah. it's purely the time and ground. Like, that's all I see. If that if that improves, I'm, I'm on board. I just see him as like a Ben Cunnington type. You know, they're going to be one of those types of players. You know, a guy that goes 80, 90 each week. Like I said, not a shit player. Very, very good for their team. From a fantasy perspective, I don't see him being one of those top 10 midfielders ever, like the way he's talked up to be. That's all. Not like when I was talking up Andrew Brasher a couple of years ago and Kaz was telling me he was never going to be a good fantasy scorer. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'd have to, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I would have thought that, you know, a guy like Cunnington, the reason like what you're saying is he's just, a, and, and same with Ollie Wines really, is they're just purely contested bulls. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I think Schoenberg can get the cheap pill, which is what you want. Yeah, he was, well, he was given opportunities to do that, but I don't know. Is that going to fly in a crow side where they actually want to win games? Are they going to let someone get cheap pill for a while? I reckon, you know what? It's K's and me versus you on this one, mate, I reckon. <laughs> that's that's going to be that. That's all right. We'll see what happens. Um, let's move on. So, K's has got Ned McHenry on his list. So, this year should be telling for this guy. Um, look, K's doesn't think he's going to be a fantasy player, but um, he was tipping him pretty highly when he first got drafted. I do remember that. Um he ended uh, 2021 with an average of 49.8 points, but finished the year off strongly going at an average of 59.4 in his last five games. That's pretty strong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he played his uh, best two games in the final two rounds of the year, putting up uh, 75 and 82 AFL fantasy points, um, picking up 22 and 24 touches respectively in these matches. Um, it's, I think it looks like Matthew Nix seems to love him as well because he, you know, and what he brings to the side. And Kays reckons he looks more of a likely footballer and more of a fantasy type than James. James Rowe, Lockie Murphy in the side. So, um, 
there's probably some safety in drafting him just because he'll play most weeks. He seems to have a spot in the Crows senior side now. And I guess he, everyone's going to need forwards this year, so you're going to have to fill him out with players that are going to play. But I guess Case thinks if he gets some, some consistency, um, there's a chance he could push to be a 70 average and maybe even an F5 option. What do you reckon? I, I like him as a footballer and yeah. love the energy and spark. Good intensity. Yeah, massive intensity. He's one of the Crows, you know, one of the guys that they want to keep around for years, just yeah. how... Just that energy gets everyone up and about. For fantasy, I'm, I'm not on board on this one just yet. Yeah, neither am I. But anyway, uh, we can move on from that because I think we're in a consensus there. Um, Sam Berry is the next guy. So, Case wants to give a little warning about this guy because he thinks he might be a tad overvalued in fantasy circles. Um, he played 17 games last year and gathered a bit of fantasy hype after a couple of good games early. I think he was in a lot of classic teams early because he was a rookie playing. So, the yep. fantasy world was talking um, about him quite a lot. But the big worry about him is his ball-winning ability. So, he played 17 games last season, as we uh, mentioned, but he only had over 10 touches uh, in eight of those games. So, what's that? In less than half of the games, he, he didn't have more than 10 touches yeah um, i think he didn't is he one of these players that him and um the hawthorne debutant mid-season draft day they're both like newcomb newcomb they both had like more tackles than disposals on debut just about yeah okay wasn't yeah. that berry i thought he had like eight probably tackles looks, on like debut a, or something. looks like a tackler um i think we, he does mention tackle stuff down here in a second but um look yeah his best outing he only had 14 touches and, but in that, those 40 touches, he only had two kicks. The rest yeah. were handballs. So it doesn't really bode well for fantasy either. Um, yeah, he only averaged nine possessions for the game, forty-two point, uh, nine possessions for the season and 42.8 AFL fantasy points. Um, he played some sample stuff in there as well, averaged 84 points there from the three games he played there. Um, the thing, the big thing, yeah, and you mentioned this with the tackling, he averaged 44 points per game in the sample just from tackles. Yeah. So that's like, he's he does do it, but he's kind of not as big at AFL level with it. And is that kind of big tackling numbers for someone like him sustainable at AFL level? I don't know we'll have to wait and see but if you look back at his junior stats he only averaged 82.3 in the NAB league as well and wasn't a high possession getter there either so it doesn't look like accumulating has been part of his game yeah just going forward so and it kind of looked like he followed that into AFL level uh, last year as well but yeah we're just not sure if he wins enough footy to be a genuine option and the other thing as well like Josh Rochelle who's been uh, drafted plays a pretty similar role as that mid forward probably could surpass him early on because I reckon they're pretty keen to get him the side. There are a few other players that probably go out before Barry does, but yeah, we just, I don't know. Kayser's just definitely, I just definitely wants to warn people off him a bit because he thinks there's a bit of hype there. Maybe even put a bit of a line through him. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm pretty much, you know, hate to agree with Kayser on pretty much all of these. You're looking at me like, you're you're looking like you you were confused and you wanted to say something else, but then you're- No, I think what I was going to say is the- the player that you were talking about before that you were saying basically Harry Schoenberg could be is what I think Barry is in terms of just contested, just tackling needs okay. to be right around the ball to win it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, I'd see him, he could have a role as that either a pressure, if you're going to roll him as a pressure forward, it might be what he does, just tackle hard, you know, basically play as a defensive forward or if they need a role in the midfield where it's like a tagger, I just don't see him trying to get too much of his own ball, which is basically what Kays has laid out. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, AJS Hawker on the chat has just written the Berg with a big love heart, so yeah. <laughs> he's on board there as well. Anyways, uh, did you end up coming up with up any honourable mentions for the Crows? Yeah, you were pretty happy about with Luke Peddler. Or you oh, was it Peddler? A- no, I was talking about the Moose. Oh, the who? man, the myth, the moose. And that's Andy McPherson. Oh, who, oh God. Who, um, <laughs> Kays would not be happy about me mentioning him on the show in his segment. Absolutely but, um, not. Andy McPherson, I just think, you know, if you want a defender that could potentially pop to that, you know, 75, 80 average, I actually do have a bit of faith in uh, Andy McPherson. Um, look, 
no stats really back it up. Bit yep, of the old, absolutely um, none. I'll, except I'll for maybe use, maybe one um, maybe one preseason game. Yeah, that's right. Well, we did Sam, but I will use this prop. It is the remedy kombucha gut feel um, that we talk about, and that's for Andy McPherson. I've just seen that that stat that I talk about. It's it's just more of a feeling. It's the observable thirst when he gets rid of the ball. He wants it back, and I love seeing that. They actually mentioned him. If you've been keeping contact, you know. Um, looking at some of the preseason content that the Crows have been producing. They're talking about the fitness stuff in the preseason with the new guru. Annie McPherson's been the one that's like come back in ripping shape and okay. they're like Moose is tearing up the track. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a flyer. You know, you'd, you wouldn't pick him up. You'd pick him up as one of your last picks or even off the waiver after a week or see how he goes in the preseason. But just the Moose, just a cheeky one for Dossie. The reason why I thought it was Pedler and the reason I got, probably just got Pedler on the brain is he did average 101.5 uh, in juniors. Pedler oh, did, no, and Pe- he, did yeah. debut, he did debut last year. I think played a couple of games. Didn't put up the fantasy numbers in the seniors. But is he um, forward eligible too? I'm I think he might be. not sure. I think, he, yeah, I think he might be actually as well. So that's why he probably comes under under the radar or, you know, into the onto the radar a little bit. Um, if he can play a few games and his listeners forward and gets a bit of a run in the midfield. A um, lot of guys were Talking about talking about playing midfield though, it's, that's oh, yeah. why Adelaide's just such a big watch this preseason. Yep. But anyways, uh, well that wraps up Adelaide. So now we'll move on to a team that one of us actually did notes for, and that is Brisbane. All right, we're moving on to Brisbane now, and uh, Dossie has had a look at the lines and come up with a few players he thinks of worthy of looking at in your keeper league team. So, who you got? Yeah, well, this first player, I genuinely actually thought he was going to be two G for P when I went and put his name down. I was like, this guy has to be, you know, I think a lot of people will be keeping him regardless. But Zach Bailey for the Lions, a mid forward, averaged seventy two point seven last year, but he's a superstar in the making. This guy, just twenty two years old, for me, he's Toby Green two point I've, I've said it a few times. He doesn't have that high-flying ability like Toby Green does, but his forward craft is on the absolute elite level. So we saw him a couple of times last year win games off his own boot, one after the siren to get the win last year, and then that other one where he should have got the free kick to win the game. So basically, he just puts himself in the right spot at all times. Fantasy-wise, though, 87 average in his last three games, um, and he also had his first official um, career ton against the Pies in round 22 because he, he turned up in the um, 2020, but it was adjusted. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. anyway, do you think he's a guy that will keep forward status throughout his career? Because last year he was spruiked as being this guy that's going to go into the centre bounces. He actually did yeah, for he a did stretch. For a so, what do you reckon? Uh, I think that midfield role is pretty deep that they're going to have to find something else from doing them. But the thing is, like, you got Lyons who's probably – what is he, 30-something? He'd be getting to th- yeah, 30, yeah. around 30. I don't know, but then you've got Jared Berry who kind of is more playing on the wing and stuff like that, but he probably wants to get in there as well. So, I don't know. I think I can see him keeping four status just because they've got a few numbers they're going to roll through. Um, yeah, my issue is if he doesn't get a midfield in that midfield time, how consistent is he going to be? Like, he does kind of play as a bit of a smaller forward for large period, chunks of games um, every now and then, but then he does mm-hmm. go in there and does pop every few weeks. Actually, the more I think about it, he seems to pop more playing forward than he does when he goes in midfield. I reckon some of the games where he got CBAs, if I remember correctly, some of the games where he got bulk CBAs, he wasn't actually scoring as well. The games where he scored well was when he's up forward and he kicked a few goals and things like that, and that's where it kind of bumped his score up. Is, I, am I'm, I thinking correctly? There? I would 
Oh, I wouldn't think so, just because I remember last year doing the pod pod with Louis. Louis yeah. picked him up when he started getting centre bounces, and that's when he kind of turned to being a, a bigger I scorer. Thought, I thought that he was rubbish for the first few weeks when Louis was ready to trade him, and then he popped a bit later on. Okay, after those maybe you're right. Things. We'd yeah. have to check that out. Because I remember him being furious with the pick, but then it kind of came good after a while. You, but it you, wasn't for the reasons he was thinking. You're actually touching on the exact point. I, I think he will keep forward status, though. Yeah, so I, great. I yeah. think he's just too, too good a forward, yes. which is great for keeper leagues. You get a guy that I actually think has a ceiling as a forward, I yep. think he can get to like that 85, 90 every year and, and yep. push push bigger in his, in his absolute prime. He's a player that I feel like has just been around a bit longer. Like he's only 22. 22, I know. So, that's what I'm like. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Definitely this guy's, room for improvement. I thought he'd average more too. I, yeah. I just thought he's just had such a solid year. But yeah, I really see him kind of taking it to the next level this year and being a really solid forward option. So I think he'll be 2G for P by the end of the year. Zach Bailey. Um, the next player. I'm excited about the next one because I own him and I need you to tell me what to do with him. Okay, well, it's Dev Robinson. Robertson, uh, 61.9 average. So, on paper, looks pretty gross. But that was his first season, um, a full season. He played. It was his second year. So, he played one game, I think, in his rookie year. He was the draft... Um, flyer or the guy sorry not the flyer the opposite the faller in his draft year he was supposed to yeah. go a lot earlier um, ended up going super late to he missed, Brisbane he missed out in the first round and I remember Port had the next I don't know this mad Port's Porter yeah. Port had the next pig and we traded it with Brisbane so Brisbane could jump ahead to get him yeah and we got their next their next year's first or something like that so this is a guy we're, we're talking about Brisbane with the stacked stacked midfield and this is going to come up you know on pretty much all these players that that are um, contesting for midfield clock, but Dev Robertson just love the way he plays. Personally, it's it's just it's just another probably remedy gut feel as well. The stats aren't great, but I feel like it's a lot to do with the role that he's put in, and and he's basically in there as a pressure player. So his first his debut of the season though was very fantasy relevant. Ninety three yeah. in his in his debut this year, like his sophomore yeah. last year. Um, Ninety three points, seventeen disposals, seven tackles. And I got the tackling, so excited. The tackling is is that huge strength as well. Sort of like that. You know how Jack Steele had to bide his time as a tagger early days? Yeah. The problem is he's not going to be able to get the amount of centre bounces that a Jack Steele got yeah. playing in that role. So, I th- this year's a big, big turning point for me. Does does Do they want to put Barry back in there? Do they want to get McCluggage more time in there? It That all depends to me on how his ceiling is this year. Long term, I think he's, his upside is huge. Yeah, I think long term, you're right. I just, yeah, the thing with my league or the, the league that Kays and I are playing together is we can only keep 16 and it's quite hard it's to tough. get him into your best 16. But he's a player that I do think shows lots of potential. I just don't think, you know, when you're only keeping 16, it's got to be like, you've, they've got to show something in the next year or two type thing. The next season, essentially, because otherwise you're just not picking your best squad, and it doesn't, you know, really matter. You can pick guys, good you, guys up in the draft. When do you guys have to make your decisions by? Uh, it would generally be just before the Amy series, I think. Just before? Yeah, maybe we might. Well, there's only one. Is only one week this year or two weeks? I think it's just the one game again. Yeah. Yeah. So we might see. No, we probably won't see any Amy stuff. Anyway, I think you know this year is going to be the 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 telling factor of whether they want him in there right now or whether it's going to take time, and that's probably going to decide whether you want to keep him or not because upside wise look like 120 fantasy average in the waffle colts 113 yeah, yeah. In under 18s championships and i noticed that was only the the under 18 champs he scored only just behind caleb sarong was the only player in the 2019 draft class that he didn't outscore yeah. in fantasy wise so yep absolute fantasy jet the only thing i love about him more than his fantasy upside is those black shoes that he wears <laughs> mate 
Have you know, just some players like back in the day, it was another Robertson, I think, Dylan Robert Robertson or whatever. You yeah. Know what I mean? He's the guy that made me fall in love with those black shoes. Dev Rob's bringing them back, like the pure black shoes. Paul Chapman used to wear a pair. Of I think they're becoming black. much more popular, but yeah. the way he rocks them, he's got the, the socks pulled down. It's just, it's a great look. What's, uh, what's your look? What's your boot color? You socks I, up, socks down? I try and emulate that, but I've got yeah. fat feet, so I can always don't get to pick them. These yeah. days, it's the career savers. Yeah, man. I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a career saver kind of player. <laughs> Let's move on to a man that probably should be wearing career savers given the amount of injuries he's had over the last couple of years. But uh, Jared Berry, 50.1 average. Gross. And like, was he? I don't think he would have ever been 2G for P though, because his averages, nah. if you look back, maybe the 89 adjusted average in 2020 would have been pretty close to um, considered 2G for P in terms of he's on his way up. You know, he's a young player. You would have probably expected him to be captain of the legs. Yeah. Then, you know, last year, groin issues just all year. He had a calf injury and uh, another injury as well. So it was basically the groin issue was the big one. Um, I still think he's just a first choice midfielder in, inside midfielder for them when fit. What What do you think? I just he couldn't like he had opportunity to do a lot. I know he had injuries I guess last year, but he had opportunities like later in the season he came back in the side. They just weren't playing him there. I don't know. Like I'm just getting sick of waiting for him to kind of pop. It's been a few years and he kind of keeps you know showing signs and coming back. I know the injuries are a big factor. Uh, Full preseason this year by the looks as well. If you oh. watch uh, Rob vlogs. Yeah, if you look at their look at their midfield, what you got? Neil, you've got Lyon, um, Lions. Who else goes in through there? I guess McCluggage. Well, that's um, the thing. They still, yeah. you know, does he play still wing? He probably yeah. does. Yeah. Um, that's that's where I think. I think there's just a spot there. It's probably between the likes of him, Devin Robertson, who get a little look. And Robertson. Sorry, Robertson. Robertson. It's <laughs> gonna it's gonna get me. Um, and I was looking at like the Amy Community Series from last year, where they were kind of shaping up for the season, and they were doing a fairly close trial run because you only had the one game. And Barry was one of the top four attendees, top fantasy scorer as well in that game. I know it's Amy Series, and you can't take too much out of it. Definitely don't take. I just think he's. <laughs> a, I think he's still their first choice midfielder. He's just a specimen first of a first choice midfielder. A first choice. Oh, a first their, choice. A first, first. choice midfielder. Yeah. Just. Big body, endurance gun, kind of does a lot of the things you want. Great tackler. I think he hasn't even hit close to his tackling upside as well. You know, I, th- I think they probably do play him over a, a Robertson early early days. I think, oh, definitely. You play Barry, he's just more of yeah. a senior player. I just don't know where – I just don't know how he – I don't know. He, like, yeah, so much potential. I'm just kind of – he's just one of those players I'm just off of because I'm sick of waiting for him to come good. That's all. It seems like every year we're talking about Jared Berry. Like every year we've done this podcast, we're expecting this. And the year you stop will be the year he pops. Absolutely. That's like with every player when I'm choosing my keepers as well. But anyway, uh, next one I'm very interested because I actually own this guy as well, stashed away, and that's Cam Rayner. So tell us about what you think about him. The thing with Berry as well is he's going to, I feel like he will go super early in drafts because of the name factor of the the old days. So it's it's going to be a tricky time to draft. Anyway, Cam Rayner, forward, averaged the 67 adjusted back in 2020, did his ACL before last year when he this is another guy vying for midfield time so it's yeah. just a it's well, just a absolute before he got injured last year everyone he was he was in he was in there he was a midfielder he was in yeah. there um coming back from the acl though does that still happen does he still go straight into the midfield we've got so many names we're talking about already you know robertson's lifted since then to be a contender to come into that spot as well barry's come back from injury it's it's a tough one i don't think he's um gonna be a huge scorer uh, especially for this year at yeah. least. And um, I mean, he's never really, I don't think he's, he's never really shown 
a ceiling yet. And I'm not to say that's not going to happen, but fantasy, I think he's a great footballer. And I think this year is going to be a great breakout for him. I don't know where his fantasy ceiling kind of sits. Well, we haven't seen, we haven't seen him do anything massive no. yet. Like I think it was the year before he got injured. He basically played every game for like, what, what was the average? Did you write it down? It was not much, you know, and he got a bit of midfield clock in that year as well and still did nothing with it. So I think last year was the year he was, you know, destined to kind of go big, but then, you know, the injury hurt him and I just, you know, blokes coming back from ACLs, not often do they go big, you know, straight coming back. So I don't see him playing too much midfield this year. I think they're going to ease him into it, you know, kind of nurse him through. Like, again, you might see him go all right in 2023, but like for people that have him and are thinking about keeping him, I reckon it's probably, you know, if you're especially in a mid-range, keeping between 16 and 18, it's probably time to drop him. It's probably a good point. It's a good point that you said, though. They, you know, Fagan kept the faith with him for a long time playing yeah. as a midfield when he wasn't really showing much. Yeah. And I think that's going to do his confidence wonders for the long term. Like, he's he's looking incredibly strong, fit, fast, all that sort of thing. So, I'm, I'm still just sceptical as the fantasy ceiling. Available as a forward, though, if he, if he is that, you know, midfielder, which I, I don't see him getting a heap of midfield time. But if he is, he he could some he could be he could be one of the guys that pops. I don't I don't really buy it though. Yeah, um, I'm not sold. Joe Danaher's my next player. Seventy two point two average last year. Yep. Um, this guy is a you know talking about long absences from footy coming back first season back after massive like two years basically playing ten games total or something like that. And before that, he's he had a full season in twenty. 19, I think it was, where he was actually pretty bloody good, putting yeah. up the 84 points. Another pr- another preseason, Danaher's still in his prime at 27 years old. I thought he would be... I just felt he's been one of these guys that's been around since he was, you know, a teenager, just been around forever. Yeah. I thought that he'd be a bit older. I just think if you're looking for a bit of a, a forward that has some upside and, and definitely going to get you some big scores when he, when he kicks bags of goals... You know, you've got Hipwood out of the side for for the start of the year. I could kind of see him having a pretty solid, pretty solid year next year. You got to have this players year. like Danaher in your keeper league teams, like because yeah. he's going to be digging so deep in the draft. He's going to be picked up. He, you play him at like yeah, four, yeah, five, maybe an F three, depending on how early you go on. You know, mids and defenders and things like that. Um, yeah, definitely, just a good option. He's just like one of those forward fillers, kind of like your stocking fillers at Christmas. Um, you just <laughs> stuff him in there. You know, just get him to score you seventy points or whatever. You delist him at the end of the year and you pick up someone else. Like do, that. do you think he can get back to? You know, he scored nearly eighty five. Yeah. Um, yeah. back in the day, and I was looking. I looked at some of the numbers. I think I wrote it in the article that we'd be putting up, but not in my bloody notes. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so Brisbane, the year that he scored um, close to 85, yep. Essendon were something like, I think they were 12th, if my memory says they were 12th for inside 50s the year that he averaged 85. Brisbane were number one last year. This is his first year back. Like I said, you take a bit of time. He's done a full preseason last year, full preseason coming this year. Can he get back to being like an 80 average? We saw how, you know, amazing yeah. a guy like Tex was last year with these kind of new rules allowing them to flourish. I could kind of see Joe have some really big games at times and, and be a pretty nice slot in your Keeper League fortnight. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he can get close to that 80 mark, you know, the high 70s type of average. Um, just purely based on games where he's going to get on top of an opponent and go big, you know, every now and then. Mm. And we've seen in the past he's got the potential to do that. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, the other guy's Dan McStay in this argument, though. It's like, would you prefer yeah. him? So, he averaged 85 after Hipwood was injured, including 91 in his last five. So, yeah. just to note, the Lions did have that easy schedule on the run home as well. But, yeah. I mean, 
for me, out of McStay and Danaher, if you're going to pick one, I'll just give the, the nod to Danaher, Same. given he, you know, he is the number one target in there. Sure, he's going to get the number one defender, but he's also going to kick bags of goals when they're feeding it down his throat. So I've just got Danaher as that pick, you know, late, later in your drafts for if you're looking for a forward. This one, another remedy gut feel is my final um, main player for Brisbane. <laughs> the remedy kombucha gut feel. <laughs> it's James Madden. Now, um, this is probably as loose as your, your ball lace uh, that Kay's gifted us from Adelaide. Oh, let's just, at least this guy gets a game at the senior level. Look, he provides something different to that Lions defense that I, I think potentially he could be the guy that, that fills that virtual void. So he actually took over his number 14 in the oh, offseason as well. If that's a sign. If that's a sign. So we looked at a guy like Hind last year coming in for Essendon and playing that run and dash role. We've seen Saad do it in the past as well. Um, needless to say, another Irishman as well, Connor McKenna as well for, for um, Essendon back in the day. So James Madden, Irishman, he broke the record for like the 20 metre sprint back in the day at the draft. He still holds that record, I believe. 73 average in um, the VFL off four games, which included one tonne. Um, I just think, you know, they've got guys like Stasevich. I think he, his, his lockdown work and, and Answorth, they're kind of like – Stasevich maybe could pop, but like Answorth is going to be, if he comes back from injury, is going to be that lockdown player. Madden, I think, just provides a little bit of a different look down back, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at a different option than Daniel Rich. They've got Daniel Rich as the, as the All-Australian. Could James Madden come in and be a surprise for us this year? I like where your head's at, but I don't know. Can like you know they played? I guess Luke Hodge in that role beforehand. Then Birchwood comes in and plays the same one. It's a player that they kind of like to use the ball through, come out of defence and that sort of stuff. I just don't know if I can see James Madden being that guy. It's a shift in infrastructure. Okay, as I've said before, <laughs> it would it would be a changing game plan if they're if they're looking for something fresh. Yeah, look, they've they've gone out twice in a row after being really close to they try and find that guy that can break a line and that's where I think you know Madden that's oh, what I said that's one, why for you. one for your black books it's the remedy combo I'm going to have a sip I'm going to have a sip just on the uh, on the chat uh, Gorn Fritchen on YouTube has said uh, Barry will go 80 plus this year so you've yeah. heard it you've heard it here on the chat Agreed. Do you have any honourable mentions for Brisbane? Yeah, Charlie Cameron, just an, another of the forwards. And I, I think it is down to their schedule ending really weak um, for the Lions. But he had an absolute tear. I don't have his numbers here. I didn't write it down. But he was averaging like in the high 80s on the run home or even in the 90s. So if you think that can continue, go ahead. Small forwards for me, not a real big fan. But he does have some tackling upside. So he's only averaged two at the Lions and he averaged four twice when he was at Adelaide. So that's eight points that if he starts tackling again, which he did in that end stretch to the season, could that be it? But I think he's more of a stream option. The other guy, Darcy Fort. I think Darcy Fort could be a cheeky option for us this year. Just I reckon because he'll play this year. I think he'll get that forward status. Yeah, yeah. He's only starting his ruck status. Yep. He skips Tom Fullerton as the backup ruck, doesn't he? Tom, I, I think, think so. Fullerton's still yeah. a few years away. I think they'll play him over Fullerton just because they've recruited him. They'll give him a chance early. They've talked about him like, yeah. as well, just yeah. playing him as that forward ruck. So yep. I think he, he's an option, you know, and if the big O happens to be out with the Rona or something for a couple of weeks, look out for Fort. Uh, and Jackson Pryor is probably the potential, another potential breakout candidate. Very low time on ground in his first year. We looked at that for a guy like Schoenberg. Low time on ground could break out if he gets the bigger time on ground numbers. And Cam from the Draft Doctors had a bit of a, um, a theory on the group chat. I don't know if this was already on the socials or anything like that, but Cam was showing us a photo that he had with Mitch Robinson and they were doing the secret wing uh, yes. handshake. <laughs> I do remember that. Which 
does that mean he's now a wingman for them? Is, it, is that what know. it meant? Yeah, maybe that's uh, a sign I there. I don't know if that's what Cam, I don't know if that was just an inside joke Cam book. Weird. Uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> just watch that one as well. That's that's Brisbane for you. Subliminal messages in uh, off-season content. Uh, love <laughs> to see it. Anyway, uh, that's Dossie's uh, review of uh, a few keeperly relevant players from Brisbane. And now we'll move on to Carlton. All right, my turn to have a crack with some of my notes here. So hopefully they are substandard, but uh, we'll see how we go. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, first player I'm going to talk about is uh, Jacob Wiedering. So it was a career best year for Wiedering, really, in fantasy anyway, um, and probably, yeah, actual footy too. Um, averaged 73.8 and played every game for the season. So that was a career first for Wiedering to actually stay fit and you know available for every game. But... As we all know, Dossie, tall defenders aren't everyone's favourite for fantasy. But he was super solid last season. So what I liked about his season last year is he just showed the ability that he could score a big ton. You know, had a oh, few, yeah. had 300 plus scores. Um, he had a top score of 117. He also had a few scores in the 90s as well. The issue is, because he is a key defender and he does have to play some lockdown yeah. footy, he had some very low scores as well. I think he had a score of 26 and a score Oof. of 36 too. So, not the sexiest name, but he's a player that I thought would just never be fieldable in fantasy. But at the moment, I think he's actually a decent option for your, your D4, D5 if you need one, if, you, if you're rolling pretty deep. Um, so, yeah, he's just one that I think you'd kind of draft in the kind of later stages of your draft, but you just expect him to kind of play each week and score you a 70. What do you reckon? Do you worry about the non, no Liam Jones? Uh, no, because Marchbank, well, Marchbank comes back. Yeah, in, but Liam Jones, yeah, like his role. own, his sole purpose in life was to spoil the boy. Yeah, the ball. <laughs> like yeah, true. You know, and it allowed Weering to do a bit more. Weering doesn't need a spoil because his contested grab is so good. Yeah, like, he can just take the mark. So, I just mean, you know, yeah. I th- obviously he needs to spoil. But you know what I mean? Like he, he's got a lot of points just through being able to take kind of take contested grabs in defence. Mm. Um, I think he would just keep doing that. And I think isn't there someone else that's playing defence, or they recruited someone else, or there's someone they're, they're eyeing off to come into defence. They have recruited someone from uh, Western Bulldogs. No, I can't actually remember. Um, but anyway, I think they've got someone else in the wings that's going to play Jones' role anyway. So it should be it should be all good, I think. So yeah, I'm just happy with Weedering. Just if you need just a you know a reliable um, guy who's going to play each week and kind of fill your last defender option, I think Weedering uh, could be a be one to look at. Yeah, well, the ceiling like you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you want. You just someone to pop like that. that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, the next player Lewis is... Lewis Young, is that who you're talking about? Lewis Young. Western Bulldogs. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, let's go with uh, Zach Williams next. So he's a defender this year and we welcome him back <laughs> to the podcast um, after being 2G4P at the start of last year. Wow. I think he got yeah. B2P halfway through last year. If he didn't, he should have. But <laughs> anyway, um, a lot of hype coming into last year after his move to Carlton. Um, always looked on the verge of greatness at GWS off that kind of halfback line. Then he got a little bit more midfield time um, towards the end of his uh, career at GWS. Yes, um, but yeah, it just didn't really happen last year at uh, at Carlton. So he was in and out with injury. I think he got suspended early, and then I think he got injured once or twice in. I mean, he well. got suspended like before the season. Yeah, started. it was in preseason, yeah. so he missed the first round. Saved a lot of people's uh, classic teams, I think, by <laughs> not being able to pick him yeah. for round one. But yeah, he played in the midfield up until round eight. But after round eight, he didn't record another CBA for the rest of the season. Yeah. So he averaged seventy one point five last year. Um, in and out, like we said, with injury, but. 
I guess well, I think we can cut him a little bit of slack. I guess at a new club, learning the systems was interrupted with that suspension. I think he had an injury in there as well. He's a player I'm willing to give another chance. Um, Sam Doherty is going to be out for a bit by the sounds. I don't know how long that's going to take for him to get back and get fit and firing again. But he might just slot into a halfback line with a bit of opportunity there and go okay. Um, obviously, Nick Newman's probably the kind of main point getter back there. Yeah. Um, so he might not. You know, he might see a boost more Still than anyone else. Sard there too. Don't you? Sard's not doesn't rack up the fantasy points though like he's not a huge he's a line breaker he did his last getter. year at uh, SNM but that was all yeah. infrastructure wasn't it yeah you love saying infrastructure tonight <laughs> <laughs> only in the pre-season mate. You know, okay. I had to bring it back <laughs> alright all right. but yeah like it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Zach Williams could get back to that 80 kind of mark again this year what do you think yeah, 80's probably around that mark. It's Which like, is fine for a defender. Yeah. You take that. His, um, his whole ceiling factor where we all thought, yeah. you know, could he be a 95 <laughs> Yeah, I've never guy. been high on that, to be honest. I was when he was at GWS because he actually did get that clock. And, and I'm just looking at his centre bounces now um, by round, and we said he did get a crack. And it's yeah. like looking at it, he got 61% centre bounces in round two, which we know he's coming back off that um, that suspension. He, he should have been fit and firing. He, he didn't really come in firing at all had 40% center bounces the next week. Then it was like 30, 20, 20. That's not really a guy that's actually got that opportunity. But with Chera coming in, Hewitt as well, you know, he's not going to get in there. So, I, I think, um, you know, you're probably right about 80 to 85 is probably the max. Like, yeah. You know. At GWS, I just found he was a player that would always just get to 80. Like, he'd get yeah. there some way. And for your, you use him as like a D2 or a D3, mm. um, your third defender. You take that every other week. So, yep. yeah, I think if you just don't have high expectations and you just want a solid 80, I think he's a man that can give you one. Yeah, and if somebody's willing to draft him as that, you know, beast 90, 95 yeah. guy, then just let them take yeah, him absolutely. because yeah, we, we wouldn't be going too early. <laughs> yep. Uh, we move on to um, Lockie Fogarty. I'll pronounce it correctly for you, Dossie. Very nice. Uh, started the year well last year. So, he averaged 94 from his first three games last season. Yeah. Um, had 120 points in round three, which is, well, I guess that was the high point of the season because he tapered off after that. Um, he finished the season with an average of 67.2. And he showed glimpses last season, but just couldn't lock down a permanent spot in the midfield like a lot of people were expecting him to do. Um, kind of resigned to playing up forward. And by the end of the season, he was dropped. Uh, well, he was in and out of the side from a bit. Uh, he played one VFL game before the season shut down. Um, he probably would have played a lot more VFL if the, the corona didn't take over and ruin everything. But uh, he scored a monster 141 from that one VFL game. Um, I guess, interestingly, he played the final game of 21, uh, 2021 back in the senior side. Scored 83 in that game and had 41% of the CBA share. Yeah. So back in for the last round. Big bump in the in the CBAs. Show us what you can do, son. Last yep. game, dead rubber. Which is why thing. he would have scored so good in the VFL. Yeah. Like 141. He would have just played guts. Exactly. So I guess the, the issue is can he can he get some midfield time? Um with Chera Hewitt coming in, I think that opportunity is going to be a lot harder yeah. to find for him this year, along with some other names. <coughs> Bad it out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, with a new coach to it's just hard to really take anything out of the end of 2021 as well. Because yeah. I guess um did they bring in a caretaker in the end? I can't remember. Fatigue. Or did he just get sacked after the season? But either way, his new coach is just going to change everything. And, you know, what you think some players might be in line to do probably won't be the same now, unless maybe if you're at Hawthorne where the coach was already there type thing. Look, yeah, you got to wait and see what, what Vossi thinks of, of everyone. And, yeah. and naming all the names you just said, you know, Walsh, Cripps, yeah. Paddy Dow, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Chera, you know, the, and Hewitt, if they have brought him in, who I know you're going to talk about in a sec. But Chera's 2G4P, mate. No, if Hewitt, I said. Oh, you said Chera. Oh, did anyway, I? Sorry, Hewitt, right. who you're going to talk about in a sec. Yeah. Like Fogarty, Fogarty, I'm breaking my own rules here. Yeah. 
He can only really be that amazing, amazing scorer if he's a uh, midfielder. That's true. But I think there are some signs of potential and there is a chance he does get a bit of a run if injuries or something like that happens. But I think just because he's listed as a forward, he's just worth owning. You know, don't go high, super high on him. But, you know, you're going to fill up your team with some players. And I think he's a player worth owning. An average in the 70s, um, you know, if everything goes right, I think playing as a forward. And again, kind of like weedering in defense. If you can get someone in your, your last forward spot who's averaging 70, you take that every day of the week, I reckon. He'll, he'll you know, I know Gibbons didn't play a full season, but he, he'll be the the one that's selected now in that kind of, if he yeah. does get a crack, there's there's the spot yeah, in the forward, his- small forward line, so... Yeah, that's true. I get they've, they've recruited Motlop, but I think he might be a bit green as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Uh, we'll move on to George Hewitt, as mentioned before by Dossie. Um, so, this one's going to be interesting because it sounds like he was recruited to play as a midfielder this year at Carlton, um, which is where he spent the last part of Sydney, you know, his career at Sydney playing. Um, he played in defence up until round 15 last year and then just became a full-time midfielder. Um, he averaged 64 for the season, but from the time he started playing midfield, he averaged 78 from that point onwards. And for the last three games of the season, he averaged 83.7. Um, but if you include the in finals as his last in his last three tally, because the last three ones on the AFL Fantasy website only show you the last three um, you know, main season games, yep. if you include finals, he actually averaged 98 from his last three because he had a big 100-plus mm. uh, in the, the only final that they played last last year um i think he's someone you're recruiting though only if you're in the window and you need a defender i think as a midfielder i'm just not super confident on him as a (laughs) long term it's just that if you're in the window he could be a super handy pickup if you need one more defender you know you want your d5 to average 80 type thing yeah george hewitt could be that guy that you pick up in the draft to do that um and i think he does go 80 plus this year as a full-time midfielder around 80 between 80 and 90 i think if everything goes to plan but long-term, he'll be a mid-only and averaging that 80, around that 80 kind of mark. Yeah, it's and interesting. And I don't love that going forward. It's interesting because they've played that defensive-minded midfielder for so long with your Ed Kerno. So, it's like yeah. it's almost like they've they've got that spot there for him ready to yeah. go with Ed Kerno kind of, you know, tapering off, maybe spending a bit more time forward. Yeah. So, the role's going to be there for him to potentially score even better and, and go with what he did later in the season with those, you know, maybe a 90 if he does get a lot of clock. I just don't. Yeah, I'm just not high either, and I agree. I agree totally with you in that. If you're in the window, he could be a great defender. But once he's a midfielder, like no thanks. Yeah. What do you think it does to Matt Kennedy? Yeah, that's that's the interesting one for me. It's like you've just had a guy break out. It was in the second half of the season. To me, it just shows. I, I don't think they're. I think what they did. They only sign him to like a one year extension. I, I have to. I'm not check sure that out, but not great with contracts. Yeah. It's worrying for Matt Kennedy. Like, they've just brought in all the players that play his position. You've got Chera, Hewitt, guys coming in. Yeah, it's it's pretty worrying for him, I guess, is what I'd say. Like, <laughs> yeah. if they were happy with him, they wouldn't have done that. Yeah, Kennedy owners will be sweating, I guess, because he was listed as a forward last year. He's not this year, and then he's got this added to it. So, yeah, look, the average looks good on paper, but they're, um, yeah, I think... Kennedy owners would be sweating a little bit. Uh, let's move on to Tom DeConing. Um, so he had an up and down year in 2021. Um, he was injured up until round nine, but played basically every game from that point onwards. Uh, Average 60.5 last season with a top score of 91, but a low score of 13, but that was injury affected, I think as well. Um, Average 70 from his last three games. So there was some good promising sides towards the end of the season. Um, he's, 
I think he's the future of Carlton's ruck department. He, he definitely, he has to be. Um, and I think we'll see a leap this year. I, I don't know if it'll be huge, but long-term, I think he's a player that you'd want to grab if you have like an aging ruck um, or you're planning for the future because um, I think he's going to be the number one going forward for Carlton. The issue is you're just going to have to take Pitnett um, if you're relying on him as your number one ruckman because, you know, they'll probably handcuff them and swap them in and out or every, that sort yeah. of thing as well. If he gets injured, you'll need him and you're Probably going to have to take Lewis Young, I think, with a late pick as well, because I think he's listed as a ruck too, and he does a bit of chopping in yeah, as well. Yeah, because of well. Bevo. That's what, yeah, everyone's yeah. listed as a ruck on the Bevo. I think like. that's the only three rucks on their um, list, though. So if you're going to be handcuffing those, you're going to have to handcuff him as well, I think. so. Possibly. Yeah. I'm with you, though. I think, yeah, DeConning is the ruck of the future for them. And, you know, I think down the track, he's going to be a pretty good fantasy scorer. He's got a lot of tricks to his game, um, and he looks pretty good at ground level when he gets down there as well. He's like a big boy that can, yeah, that can bend up, yeah, get yeah. down and get the get the footy so I think still raw but yeah this year could be the year where he takes a step up if Pitnet sort of until Pitnet's out, out of the out of, if they decide to go solo ruck that's when you know what does Voss want if Voss wants to go with a single ruck we haven't seen that like yeah if no. he goes single ruck then you know DeConnie could be really good breakout this year what's your what's your prediction on his average I still wouldn't go too much above 70 unless yeah. I know the the setup you yeah. know that's yeah. I'm on. I'm on board with I'd that. I'd say high seventies if he gets the role, and that's still not really great. No, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, for the future, he'll be one to look at. Yeah. Uh, Liam Stocker is the last one of my six that I want to talk about. So there's just something about this kid I like. Um, it could be um, just comedic value, I guess, from the time he tried to kick across the face um, and actually slotted a goal for the opposition <laughs> uh, the opposite hand. So uh, I had a good chuckle at that one. It actually reminded me of um, uh, when we were trying to field the uh, Paddy Dow video, and we needed oh, yeah. you to kick a goal. No, no. <laughs> and, uh, no, let's not bring this on. Had to let uh, Dossie kick twice and miss twice and went until the big fella just said, <laughs> had to hand give it, it off it, to the, it in, the, the pythons, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and I just slotted it first time. But anyway, uh, yeah, look, came into the side after scoring 159 in the first round of the VFL last season. Um, played every game from then on as well. He only averaged the 56.6, um, but averaged 68 from his last three, so it did improve towards the end. Um, he was trusted with the kick-ins a bit more towards the end of the season. Um, he took 14% of Carlton's kick-ins. Um, but bumped that up to 20% over the uh, final three rounds. So he gets a few extra stats there. Um, I guess the worry, though, again, with the new coach, what does Voss do with him? Um, We'll have to see what happens there. I'm not expecting huge things, but he's a player that I know, uh, the Carlton, uh, I guess, list management team, they rated really highly because they traded up to get to him a couple of years ago. So they actually gave up a future first yeah, but to get him. I know they're not great. Did you not- I just remember, if you ever watched that, um, go back and watch the footage that they released, it's like, that was damning evidence. They were just like, yeah, this guy, this, um, this guy, I'm telling you, it's like, look at this footage. And they're just like seeing it for the first time. It's like, yeah, yeah, let's try it. It, it was, you know, damning evidence against them. So anyway, I wouldn't be backing them as your argument here, mate. I'm not 100% backing him, <laughs> but I'm just thinking it's, he's a player that they're probably, they're going to want to put, because they've gave up so much for him I think that the player they're going to want to put some time in so it'll be a bit of pressure on Vossi to give him a game in uh, yeah, perhaps, perhaps, yeah. Anyway, he played every game last season, so we'll see how we go. Oh, every game after he came into the side last season. So, I don't know. If he gets a full preseason, we could see a bit more development there as well. Not Again, not one I'm super high on, but I think as a bit of a stash option, I think give him a couple full seasons, he could show something because he is, does yeah. look like a bit of a fantasy type. You know, he's not a huge, um, you know, he, he just seems to be like a, a kind of a kick getter kind of thing. I see... Um I think only you'd stash him in like a dynasty. I just don't yeah, see if the you upside. Got deep, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, yeah. It has to be like real deep because- I wouldn't be keeping him my 16, that's for sure. No, but it's even as a stash option for me, it's like, what's the upside? You've got Saad, you've got Newman, you've got Doherty when he comes back. Like there's just so many ball users out of the back line anyway. Yeah, true. I just, yeah. For me, I'm, I'm probably not 
Not I'm game. thinking more like three or four years down the track. You could okay, be the so it is a dynasty. Player. Yeah, yeah, like a full-on <laughs> full on stash. All right, yeah, okay. Proper stash. All right, yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah, okay. Um, honorable mentions. I'm not sure if this is honorable or go. dishonorable. Pat. Here we go. <laughs> Patty Dow. Get around him. I love the guy and I love, well, I love the guy just mainly Should we for break the, into chorus? For the love we received on that song. But Dossio, I'm sad to say I'm off him. Um, that midfield is only getting deeper at Carlton and he just can't find the footy unfortunately he's allergic to it we'll see mate so we'll see. I, he's, I don't know I've just, just got him there because I just I, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a Carlton um, review if I couldn't bring uh, Paddy there um, Matthew Wright's written isn't Stocker injured so he could actually be out I'm not really sure have not been across that one so he may be um, Zach Fisher is another one that a lot of people want us to talk about I think it's the same above though um, that midfield is just getting deeper and deeper at Carlton um, and I just don't think I think Zach Fisher only scores well when he gets a bit of a midfield run and it just doesn't happen often enough. I think a few people are all over Zach Fisher just for that one preseason you had where he went huge and everyone thought he was about to break out. But I know he's had injuries for the last two seasons essentially and he shows glimpses when he does go in the midfield but I just think the Zach Fisher midfield experiment's over. Yeah, well, I think, he, I think yeah. he basically said it himself last year or whenever. I think last year he was like, look, I'm just going to focus on my forward craft. I can see they kind of had a word to him. He's like, look, I think he spoke to the coaches. He's like, I'm sick of trying to sort of get a gig. I want a spot. What can I do? I'll, I'll play this forward role. So, therefore, fantasy-wise, n- no longer for me. But, you know, he, I really like watching him play. He's awesome. He's an awesome little player and rats in and, and certainly uh, cracks in there. And, yeah, Stocker is sidelined for a uh, couple of months in the um, preseason here. But he could you know, be back it's, early. It's early a syndesmosis. Yeah. So oh, that doesn't look good. If it's 12 Cindy, weeks. Cindy. Yeah, maybe not. But yeah, like I said, it doesn't matter because we're stashing him for the future anyway. That's right. In, <laughs> in your deep, deep, deep dynasty. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, that wraps up the uh, the club reviews. Um, then we'll move on to, oh, this is the membership stuff, I guess. So yeah, if you enjoy the, the work we put in each week and you enjoy listening to the podcast, uh, please consider supporting us and becoming a member. Um, if you do become a member, we've got some great uh, premium resources up there right now. Dossie, we've got the uh, draftee fantasy scores so every yep. draftee that was uh, draftee that was taken in last year's draft we've got their fantasy averages up there but this year for the first time ever we've got the draftee um, analysis guide um, on our website so that's a PDF document um, it's kind of like a, a draft guide I guess but it has a uh, written analysis of every player in the draft purely sure from a fantasy perspective along with all their numbers and stats and whether we think they're likely to um, debut this year or whether they're worth picking up in classic keepers or um, draft leagues all that sort of stuff but yeah purely um, fantasy focused drafty analysis guide so that'll help you pick up your uh, rookies and things like that in the in your uh, draft next year so um, yeah Basically, oh, we actually got one in the chat that says uh, from Gorn Frischen, um, you won't be disappointed if you become a member. So that's some good uh, feedback from uh, a signed up member there in the chat. But anyway, um, up there also is a breakout tracker. So that's the uh, resource where you can compare any player in the competition or any early career competition to the best players in the competition at the same point in their careers to see how they track against them and if they're trending towards a breakout. We did a bonus episode on that last week. So that's another thing you get, bonus episodes. And the State League fantasy numbers we've released uh, this week, or we've launched this week um, from last season as well there's a few articles up on the website now about the best uh, the top five scorers from each league but then you can get uh, all throughout the season we put out state league numbers so you can see who's performing well in the twos um Doss, you've been a member for a few years now you, you use the stats quite a bit don't well, you? i use it yeah i'm not even just saying this i yeah. use it a lot yeah. <laughs> like uh i think center bounce is I'm sure you're glad you're now on the pod you don't have to pay from anymore oh yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful but no the center bounce attendance is one for me is probably the one 
I go to the most. I know um, I also use the State League scores, but I used to really like just reading Kay's little wrap-up of that because yeah. that pretty much gives me all you need. But, um, yeah, I've obviously the draft day fantasy scores as well for your rookies in the preseason. And I've got a little comment here. I'll, I'll just read the very last little line here because it's, it's a big paragraph that he's written. He's um, written a lot of them on these uh, players. But pick 22, Josh Gota. Do you want to hear a little bit about him? Well, the name like Gota, definitely. This is from the draft day analysis. Um, Fantasy-wise, when running out of defense and with a player like Sean Attlee getting delisted, he has every chance to slot into that running defender role at the Kangaroos. That's the uh, the words, the wise words from the Oracle. Why did you pick Goda? Are you just on him? I just I just went to a random player. Oh, a random player. Yeah, so you just a random so, okay, player. Okay. That's, thought, what you got. that's a taste. I thought he might be one of your new boys, that's all. But yeah, a taster. <laughs> He's the goat. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> A taster of the drafty analysis guide. So yeah, if you remember, you'll get access to that as well. So head to our website, keepleaguepod.com.au. Heat the... Uh, membership uh, button at the top and you can have a look at some options there anyways uh, as a part of that we read out uh, gold members each week we're going to get 10 a week this year because uh, we struggle to get through doing just five so uh, the gold members uh, thank you to these people for signing up and these are the first people that signed up for uh, 2022 essentially so thank you to Harley Philp Russell Beasley uh, Michael Boland Josh Hutchinson Hutchinson uh, James Richardson James Richardson having a good one Jeez, here. On, on, a, on a terror here uh, Dylan Brooks Dave Simpson Nicholas Westerman, Alina Herman, and Henry King. So thank you to those goldies there. Um, we also read out a podcast review each week. Uh, if you like our show, uh, every kind of review and a five-star rating really helps us climb the charts. Uh, this week, uh, the slug uh, <laughs> wrote, uh, hey, fellas, I've uh, been listening to you boys this year uh, as it's been my first year participating in the Keeper League. Um, already can't wait for next year. Dominating my mates in the draft. Love the show, fellas. Um, makes my drive home from work interesting every Tuesday. Cheers from Slug. Oh, <laughs> <So laughs> yeah, Slug. Thank you, Slug. So, yeah, if, you, if you're keen to become a member, head to the website, check it all out, support the podcast, and uh, you won't be disappointed. All right, let's get on to some listener questions. All right, first question comes from uh, at Legless Simo. Um, is Bruce a trap dossie? So given how well Flynn and Briggs played for GWS when given the opportunity, what do you think? Is Bruce a trap? Is he a trap? I think he scores really well if he gets the number one run ruck role, but does he get it? I think, yeah, it's, it's all down to how his body holds yeah, up it's all injury and based. the role as well. Like, yeah. Are they going to run with two rucks now? I think they will, they and so I think well. it's going to be Bruce and Flynn. I reckon they will. I reckon uh, well, if they do forward. that, then nah. Yeah, I think he's a trap. Yeah, that. it could be handy. I think I think they're going to play Flynn mainly up forward. I don't know. Look, I think let's look at the situation we're in right now. I think there's going to be some times where he gets the solo ruck with, uh, <sighs> look, with what's going to happen. He'll probably just get injured before the season starts anyway. We have to worry about it. So we'll just see what happens in a few weeks. Uh, at Ninja Spood 1, uh, who is the second ruck for Brisbane? So we talked about this before and yeah. I think we, th- we feel like it's going to be Darcy Fort. Um, I reckon they'll give him a run early seeing though they've recruited him and uh, yeah, they'll probably want to show him. I think him they'll give him a chance yeah, and see how he goes. Yeah. Because and, yeah, he can that, play forward. Yeah, they it, just didn't have that person there last year yeah, they played that. Fullerton but it kind of didn't really work nah, not at all. I, I saw some damning stats the other day I just went to a random stat uh, stat center game and it was yeah. like I think it was Grundy against Fullerton or something and I saw <laughs> it was Blood it up. was yeah it was yeah. it was disgusting 
Um, at Woody J64, he's asked, is Haley ever going to get a game? Uh, can you keep him and does he have any trade value? We kind of talked to him, talked about him earlier. Um, I guess like we, we talked about those injuries um, from last year and we're hoping he gets a better run. I think it depends entirely on how deep your league is. Yeah. Um, in a mid-range uh, league where you're keeping 16, 18, I reckon it's going to be tough. And I don't think he's got much trade value because I don't think too many people are going to want to take the punt on him to give up anything good to get him more than what you want anyway. You're exactly right. Deeper leagues, he's an absolute hold, absolute stash. He's the perfect kind of stash because his upside's so massive. It's just the role and, and you know, does he get it ever? Yeah. <laughs> and basically is what he said here. He's super young. So I'd be holding him in those dynasties. It's going to be a tough one, like you said, in those 16, 18 range. All right, Dossie, next question comes from uh, Rux and S. Do you want to read this one out? You've got it on your screen. Sure. Um, wait, is it this one or the one you're- It's one about Strawn. Okay, Strawny. Um, is Strawny draftable? What does Thilthorpe average? Oh, Thilthorpe. Um, I still can't say that name properly. Uh, look, I think Strawny's only draft was a handcuff, I think, if you own O'Brien. Yep. And I think Thilthorpe, I hate saying that. <laughs> um, I reckon he averages between 60 and 70. I don't think it's going to be huge. Yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take some time for Thilthorpe. Yeah, like O'Brien's gonna be the number one ruck, like, and, and Thilthorpe's gonna chop out, so he's not gonna get bulk time in there. He'll play it forward. He's gonna be an absolute gun in about think, four yeah, years. I think but, he is yeah. gonna be a gun player, but yeah, I just think just not this year. No. Uh, Nicholas Ben um, has asked. I'm interested to hear how highly you rate uh, Rayner, Jack Martin, uh, and McStay. Um, are they potentially elite scorers or are they going to remain average players who are just handy at best? McStay, I think handy at best. Um, streamer, I, I think they had a really easy schedule to finish yeah. the season. That's why he's got great numbers by his name. Again, I'd probably go down to her over McStay. Um, happy to be wrong on that one if I'm proven wrong. But the other two guys, Jack Martin to me is just a clear standout. Um, I'd rate him higher than the other two right now. He's actually proven it. A do you couple think, of times. Do you think career. from here on in though, Jack Martin averages ever ever averages more than eighty? Yeah, I can see it happening. Okay. Yeah, if he's fit, firing, I, I can see it happening for at least uh, another year in his career. I, I feel like he's just going to go at the eighty mark from now on. Like it's not going to go any bigger than that. Is either of the other two going to go eighty? Nah, but I'm just saying, are they? That's not elite scorers. That's, that's pretty average. Elite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially elite. Okay, yeah, like probably not elite. Yeah. For, I guess, a forward. But yeah, not elite. Yeah, yeah, not elite for any of them. No, I can't see any of them becoming. Well, Rain is too young to tell when he hasn't had that role, but yeah. I just, yeah, and I just don't think the way he plays, he's just a fantasy scorer, that's all. Yeah. Um, anyway, Chris Milne, um, if you can only keep two out of uh, Jai Caldwell, Jackson Haitley, Sharp and Quentin Narkle, who is it? I'm keeping Sharp and Caldwell. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same. And, and as much as I love the upside of Haley and how amazing he could be, the theory is different to the reality and, and Caldwell is actually going to play. So, yeah. yeah, those two guys are going to play and Sharp and Caldwell, I'm on the same page. Yeah, we did see Caldwell get injured last year, but he did, I think, turn up in the first round and then had a 50-point half in the final. Yeah, well and then they moved Parrish in the midfield. Yeah. So, does he get back in there? Anyway, but, you know, at least I think he's he's going to be a first first choice player in the 22, whereas yeah. Haitley, that's questionable. Haitley's got better fantasy upside than Caldwell, though. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, yeah, although, you know, they've shown similar signs at GDS, so we'll see where they go. Um, Stuart Ward, if you've got a stack midfield, is Jared Berry a keeper? I think you're more of a Jared Berry lover than I am, so I'll let you answer this one. Stacked, though. I mean... Yeah, stacked. Stacked, stacked. So... You know, Jeepers. Yeah. 
I'm, I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. You need, I, I still love. I you still need to know who the other midfielders are. Yeah, really. exactly. And yeah. how many keepers in general? Like, yeah, if yeah. you need a, if you need some defenders, or you, you yeah, know, you, if you can't play them on the field, then it's probably not worth keeping. No. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I guess the way it goes. Um, Mason Davies asked uh, Zach Fisher uh, is a seventy-five to eighty average attainable with a new game plan and an injury-free preseason. I said it before. I think he's a player that just needs to play in the midfield to score well, and that midfield depth just keeps growing at Carlton. So. I don't know. I'm not big on Zach Fisher. I can't really see him scoring. 75, more. 80. I don't, I maybe don't 70. Saw, maybe 70. We saw a lot of um, small forwards last year struggle in. I, I think it was partly due to the new setups or whatever. We just how many small forwards actually scored well last? They year? They never do. No. Like they just not. Score I, I think the year. I think there was a couple the year before. Like we had Toby to, Green is like. I guess you do class him as a small forward. No, yeah. medium. Yeah, medium. It's not none of. I, I don't. Yeah, not not for me. Yeah. And, and new game plan. What's that? What's How's he going to be helped? I think he'll still be a small forward. Yeah, same. Um, Michael Bilardi is asking, um, is it worth hanging on to Devon Robinson? You talked about it tonight. Yeah, I already talked about that. I think in a deep league, the, the fantasy yeah. potential is huge. It's just the depth of Brisbane. I think it's going to be a patient process. And if he's not if he's not obviously going to be the guy this year, if they don't, you know, if you've still got guys way ahead of him, which is probably going to be the case, it's going to be a, a slow burn, but I think a burn that will eventually light that candle. <laughs> I've uh, I've got him like I've mentioned earlier, and I just can't fit him into my best sixteen. So yeah, yeah sixteen not, is probably not capable for tough. me. I want to third year breakout though. Oh, I did it last year with a few of them, and it just bit me. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, Phil Smeets asks: uh, Caleb Poulter looks likely to be dropped in our dynasty keeper league. Is he worth drafting as a long term keeper? Yes, okay. Poulter. Yeah, yes. So, oh, yeah. it should be the goods. We'll talk more about him next week. We'll look at Collingwood next week. Yep. Um, James Elms uh, asks, uh, expected Carlton CBA lineup splits. Um, is it as simple as Cripps, Walsh, Chera? I think it is almost um, with a bit of Hewitt tied in there. Dow, Walsh, Chera. <laughs> yeah, no, you're probably spot on. Cripps, Walsh, Chera. Yeah, that'd be I'd, the main three. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say so. The fourth, that's going to be the question really, isn't yep. it? Because like you said- the, so many vying for that spot. They put Hugh on a big contract and he played midfield at the end of last year. I think he'll be the next one in yep. there. Then you got Kennedy. Yeah. Dow Fisher. <laughs> yeah, but do they... Like Walsh? Okay, Walsh could play wing though. Yeah, he does. Well, he has in the past. I think though, like we saw him move inside and he was just frightening how good he was. It is, but yeah. it's like, do you, are you more frighteningly good with having a guy like, I don't know, don't want to say Kennedy in there as being a gun, yeah, but it's like, not like you are you going to do better? Yeah, yeah. You're going to do better with a Kennedy in your team than you have to plug a hole, you know? Uh, I think it's all going to come down to how Voss wants to, and the style he wants to play. Yeah. So if, Wait he, and see. if he plays a very Port Adelaide style, if he plays like a Port Adelaide style game plan, he might be able to roll those, you know, Kennedys and Hewitts Poor in there as well and chuck on, them on the outside. So come on, mate. Well, they do like the, you know. You had to bring them up, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I'll bring them up every week. You watch. <laughs> Anyways, that is a wrap for the first podcast of the year. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, well done, Dossie, getting through your first Thanks, uh, full episode um, as a permanent fixture in the podcast anyway. Great debut, I would say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was fine. You did great. <laughs> uh, get around us on our socials uh, at Keep League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube, where we're streaming this tonight um, as well. Um, that's about it. Drink some Remedy Kombucha. Um, and that's about it for the first pod. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking about uh, Collingwood, Essendon, and Fremantle. Uh, stay tuned to the website this week. We'll have some articles up about these teams as well. Um, so those people who don't have the time to listen to the pod in full but just want to flick through a few names, we'll have them up there as well. Plus, you know, check out all of our other stuff on our website too because there's plenty going up this off-season. So, yeah. Absolutely. Anything else from you, Dossie? Yeah, if you're into classic... 
um, get around. There's a little little drop coming soon, so uh, just keep an eye out on the old uh, Point of Difference AFL Fantasy podcast if you want to hear a bit uh, a bit about that. All right, lucky Kays isn't here because he wouldn't let you talk about classic, but uh, you can drop that one here. <laughs> you asked for a shout out. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do it. Let's wrap it up for the night, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Farewell. See ya. <laughs>